right, you know what that music means. That's the walk-up music for, uh, I don't know what his number would be if he, if he, had, a, if he had a number on a, on a jersey. Governor Jared Polis joins the show. Uh, Jared, if, if, if you had a jersey with a number on it, what would the number be and why? Oh, you know, uh, I played baseball, you know, Ross. So I played high school baseball and I played congressional baseball team. I went with uh, 45 is my number. Any reason? Uh, you know, I, I don't know. <laughs> it's just okay. what I grew up with. I, you know, I started with the Little League. I, I mean, I like number four. It's kind of a lucky number. Number five. Yeah, four, 45. It's a good, good number. All right. We got a lot to get to today. So uh, let's start off with the mask mandate. What are you? What do you need to see in order to withdraw your statewide mask mandate? So you know, this is the thought process that went into it, Ross. We were we were doing pretty good on mask wearing as a state. We were around sixty percent mask wearing. Uh, what we did is then we looked at okay, more than half the uh, people in the state were already under a mask order. So it was county, city, western Colorado, the big metro counties. So we looked at does that matter? Does it matter they're under a mask order? And we did a regression analysis where we looked at okay, the areas that have mask orders uh, actually have more mask wearing, A, they were in the mid-80s instead of the 60s. And then more importantly, uh, we looked at the spread of the virus. And they had lower spread of the virus. They were able to move faster with reopening uh, and and be ahead of the state. So we said, you know what? Uh, I don't know why people are in different parts of the state are waiting around for until Jared Polis formally says wear a mask, because we were saying it informally for months, Ross. I mean, I've been on your show talking about the benefits of mask wearing. But um, with that little act, we were able to raise the statewide mask wearing from about 60, 65 to about 90, 95 percent where we are now. We've seen a tail off of the virus ever since, and, and kids are getting back in school every day, and hopefully things are returning to normal. Yeah, but you didn't answer my question. What do you need to see in order to say, okay, there's no more mandate? You know, I mean, I think that if there's evidence that, that there doesn't need to be a mandate, if people are wearing masks and contain the virus, I mean, I, I don't want to remove the mandate and then, you know, stores and restaurants close on us, right, and schools close on us. That would be a step backwards. So my main goal, uh, while nobody likes mask wearing, Ross, and as I said, we can't wait till this is over and we have a big bonfire and we burn all of our masks. That'll be uh, a lot of fun as long as it's after the fire ban is uh, over. <laughs> um, we, we, we're going to have to put up with it for a while because uh, if we're not doing it, then we're moving backwards. And it's very tenuous right now with schools even opening. We only have, we have just over half the districts in the state that are back in school. The other half is coming online in the next month, month and a half. And, you know, they're very, um, you know, rightfully so, but they're just very cautious about this. And, and we need to have that confidence there that they're able to return to school. We deal with outbreaks quickly, uh, have early intelligence on where they are, um, act decisively, and then we move forward. So I think the most important thing is to continue to move forward rather than backwards. I, I mentioned earlier on the show about Heritage High School in Littleton, which is a fairly big school. Uh, they just announced that they're closing for two weeks. Closing for in-person instruction, they'll still still do uh, online instruction, but they're closing the school for, for two weeks after two confirmed cases of COVID that required 27 staff and about 100 kids to go isolate because they had been in contact with the two people who had, who had been confirmed with it. So I, I do think we're going to see more of that kind of thing, unfortunately. It is. And, and that's what's and that's what's you know, that's I think why some districts are being, in my opinion, a little too cautious. Um, they're saying some of our schools might need to close for outbreaks. And yes, they will. But that's not a reason not to do it. I mean, just like restaurants and stores, 
uh, sometimes have to close if they have outbreaks in our state and and, uh, and factories. Uh, schools are not different than those other kinds of institutions. Now, they did more than they needed to at that school. They, they technically didn't, didn't need to close, as you indicated. But what they said is, look, uh, 100 of our kids can't go. I don't know how many kids are at that school. Is it six, 700? Is that about a sixth or seventh of all their kids? So they said, you know, rather than just do without those kids or those teachers, we're just going to go online for two weeks, which, you know, in an abundance of caution is, is a reasonable thing to do. But these superintendents, boy, Ross, they have, they have tough decisions because they have, you know, half the parents screaming at them, why aren't our kids back? They need to be back full time. The other half screaming, my kids aren't going back no matter what. You better do mm-hmm. online. And you just can't please everybody. Yeah, I, I hear you on that. Um, okay, we had a couple on the show this morning, uh, Brad and Amber Wan, and I wanted to ask you if you're aware of this situation and if if you're not i wanted to ask you to be aware of it and look into it where the douglas county school board is apparently violating the law by not allowing their son's high school to hold a a rescue medication in the case that their son were to have a grand mal seizure the medication is a marijuana derivative which he doesn't take on a regular basis it's a rescue medication under the law, the school can arrange to keep it, but the school board apparently is forcing the school to not hold the medicine, putting their son at risk. Do you know about this? Uh, you know, I'd be happy to, to look into that. That, that I, I thought we worked on a law, a bipartisan law, that addressed that kind of situation. You did. There's been a similar one in a different school district uh, yeah, two years ago. So if you uh, offline can, can get that information to me, I'll be happy to call the family and, and see what we can do. But they, first of all, it's just not right, uh, obviously. Um, you know, if it, if it makes a difference of a kid being able to go to school and prevent seizures, obviously the school shouldn't be withholding medication. Right. Okay, good. I, I appreciate that. I'll send you information and hopefully... Hopefully you can take a look. Uh, it's It's been a little while since I've um, had a chance to see the state capitol building. You and I have talked a little bit about what happened there. What's the latest on the cleanup of the state capitol? Yeah, it, it looks it looks good. It has for several weeks. I mean, and good is, is relative. It's, it's 99% cleaned up, meaning all the stuff that could be cleaned up that wasn't structural is cleaned up. Uh, there is uh, work that's a little bit more structural and deep that's being done, meaning uh, they were able to do, for instance, some of the superficial treatments on the marbles that uh, faded and, and got rid of the graffiti. But they have to go in and remove traces of the graffiti. Um, there's a few areas that there have to be structural repairs. Uh, so that's all underway. And, 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 and very importantly, Ross, we got the authority from Denver to be able to protect it ourselves a few weeks ago. And there really haven't been any major incidents of damage since then. Uh, we uh, are now able to do arrests and charge people if, if, they, if they are seen violating the laws of Denver. couple of listener questions. Uh, please ask Jared. Um, in a recent appearance on television, he said he hopes that there are charges brought in the Elijah McLean case. Um, do you think that your comment could have the effect of, of inappropriately tipping the scales of justice? This listener is a law enforcement officer. Yeah, so I'm not doing the investigation, so no, Ross. It's the attorney general. It's an independent investigation. Um, Everybody can express their hopes, their fears, their aspirations. I think there should be charges. I think there shouldn't be charges. Uh, Based on what I've seen, um, I I do believe there should be. But I am not involved with or conducting the investigation, and nor have I, uh, since assigning it as an independent investigator to Phil Weiser, I've had zero conversations about it with him. 
we obviously talk about other things that we work on together, but it's it's a fully independent of us investigation. So nothing that I say or that you say or that others say should should have any impact on that. One other quick one. I mean, obviously you're an elected Democrat. A listener wants to know if you're going to endorse anybody in the Senate race here or in the pre- presidential race, or if you're just going to kind of stay away from those conversations. Yeah, I've endorsed. I've endorsed uh, Joe Biden, who I've known for some time, of course. Uh, got to work with him when he was vice president. I was in Congress. Uh, just a solid man of, of good character, integrity. Um, I think he'll he'll really surround himself with the A-team, and, and I'm very proud to support him. And, yeah, my predecessor, John Hickenlooper, uh, for U.S. Senate. So, And that's normal, Ross. Uh, yeah, it's be, normal. Uh, you know, very, very strange for, you know, somebody not to endorse the, the nominee of their party. But, but I, I know both of them very well. I think you know both of them very well. They're both, they're both you know, whether you're, whether you're Democrat, Republican, whatever your leanings. I mean, these are solid folks. I mean, these are, these are good, solid folks. They're not on the fringe. They're mainstream. Uh, John's a businessman and, and, and was a very effective governor in many ways, not that everybody agrees with everything he did, but, but, but certainly helped lead the, back, the state back from a severe economic recession. And I think he'll be a good force for us in, uh, in, in, in the Senate. I'd say as, as long as you're going to get all partisan on me there, uh, I'll say that they used to be mainstream and they're not anymore. And both of them have drifted very far left and I'm not close to supporting either one of them. Um, you know, I, I haven't, look, I've never voted for a Democrat, but these guys used to be moderates and they're and they're not now anyway let's let's keep going well i mean well they well i mean no but hold on they, right. they both defeated challenges from the left in their primaries right um and, and so they both were the candidates that were embraced not by the far left um they actually uh were able to win their nominations despite opposition from the left and, and they have a good track record of, of bringing people together uh and i think that's exactly what joe biden will do i think he'll probably have uh just as uh Barack Obama did. He'll probably have some Republicans in his cabinet. Uh, and, and I think he'll really focus, which is what the country needs. I mean, you know, set policy aside from for a second here. I think it just needs a, a uniter rather than a divider as president. I think that Joe Biden, to his very core, is a uniter. I think that Joe Biden is the first presidential candidate I've ever seen who, upon getting the nomination, has moved toward the fringe rather than toward the middle. And it it, it frightens me. Um, last question for you. This relates to um, the mask thing. This just came in from a listener named Dan. Please ask Governor Polis if having a vaccine available would end the mask mandate. Well, of course, once we have vaccination, there would not be a mask mandate. Now, that means that it's uh, available. Remember, the first uh, when, when we first get it, it'll likely be very limited. We hope it's very soon, Ross, and, and, and it has to work. But, you know, we hope it's October, November. Uh, that would be for you know the the frontline healthcare workers and others. But yes, once that is is widely available, that would that would certainly be the, the latest date that we would no longer need the mask mandate. I, I hope I hope that that could be done earlier. But uh, of course, once once there's a vaccine, there would they're available that people um, you know with a good uptake on that. Uh, okay. Would, in fact, frankly, that that would be the point that all the all of these restrictions could go away. Right. And and last question for you, and I need kind of a quick answer. What's the most important thing going on in Colorado right now that I have not already asked you about that you're working on? Well, I mean, it's probably the it's, it's probably the fires in the aftermath, Ross. I mean, this is just, you know, and, and, and we're not through the season yet. And 
you've probably talked about them on your show, and if you haven't, yeah. you know, you should and talk to folks that are local in those areas. But, I mean, this is a huge fire season, um, you know, really some of the largest fires in state history. Um, they're not, you know, thankfully, right, there's always – they haven't been major for property destruction and loss of life, but they have been for not just the devastation of the fires itself and our air quality, but then all of the issues over the next year or two, which will be like mudslides, avalanches, especially near Highway 70. So just a lot of work and, and of great importance to our state and just that we're not really through this yet. We're still very much in the midst of this. Yeah. Um, I, I know you were out there a couple weeks back when some of the folks from D.C. were in town. I think you met with Perry Pendley and maybe some other people. I had Perry on the on the morning that he was going to meet with you, actually, and I ended up taking a vacation out in western Colorado when the smoke was really something, and we have talked about it on the show, but I appreciate you bringing that up. And, uh, yeah, we there, there's not much yeah, that we it, can do as individuals there, but we need to know. Yeah, and just that it's, you know, once the fires are, are out and they have, and we certainly hope the worst is behind us, it's not a guarantee, there's, you know, mudslide, avalanche risk, and just what you do going forward, because it really is the vegetation that kind of holds a lot of these areas in place. So that's going to be the challenge going into, uh, you know, the wetter seasons. Governor Jared Polis, thanks for making time for us today. Appreciate it, and I'll send you that other information a little later on today. Please do. We'll follow up. Thanks, Ross. Thank you. Thanks, Jared.